Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey there, and a good morning at you. Uh, it's November, I think, 14th, last time I looked, uh, a Thursday. Uh, and uh, yesterday, the kickoff of the public uh, impeachment uh hearings and uh, I watched most of it I would say and I think that would probably put me in a distinct minority of uh, of Americans it was um, unsettling to me uh, to to watch how this is going to uh, play out um, in the at the witness table, uh, two serious civil servants of the country, uh, clearly honorable men. Their resumes uh, speak to that. Their uh, demeanor, their their the way in which they presented themselves, and then. You have these Devin Nunez and the this guy named Radcliffe, these Republicans who are not honorable men, <laughs> clearly. And they were there not to elicit information. They were there to obfuscate. They were there to distract. They were there to impugn the integrity of honorable people. They were there to protect the president. And it, it was unsettling to watch. It, I think the most unsettling thing is that what you saw was the true divide in the country. And what I mean is not Republicans, Democrats. What you saw was what Fox News has done to this country by peddling false, absolutely false information. And here I'm, I'm talking not so much about their news operation as I am about their major primetime lineup. Uh, and how that becomes the reality for these Republicans. And you could see as they continue to question from their Fox News reality that the guys who, the diplomats there, were often s simply baffled. They didn't even understand some of the questions because the questions were coming out of La La Land, out of Fox News reality, out of Hannity reality. This dark place where there are, you know, cabals and, um, and deep states and... Um, and where the president's paranoia is well-founded. Uh, it was unsettling to me. 
and uh, I am going to let go of my pipe dream, <laughs> my little sliver of a pipe dream that the Republicans, before it's over, might not be able to sustain this fiction that they peddle and that the facts will have to be so clear. And I guess that's what we don't have yet, um, a smoking gun. I saw people saying, oh, it was so boring. Ryan Dito yesterday talked about how things are, we expect things to be entertaining. And that's true, and that's another thing that um, our culture has done to our, I think, political system's integrity. We now want to be entertained, even in our politics. We want uh, impeachment hearings to have, you know, st stuff that, like, rivets us. An entertainment culture, a culture built on uh, people now used to their news being entertainment, whether they realize it or not. Um, I, I, I just, I'm, a, I'm very fearful. We have created an extremely um, unserious, uninformed. Uh, people and for us to survive as a a democracy um, we have to rise to a certain standard at moments and we seem now incapable of it if Fox News and social media had existed when Watergate happened. I don't think Richard Nixon would have left the White House. This is not the same America. Um, and the Congress is not the same kind of Congress. It is not made up of the same kind of people. Republicans in Nixon's time did not have an entirely different universe they inhabited. They didn't have their own facts. <laughs> they didn't create their own truths. And they still felt compelled to acknowledge the damning evidence that was presented. The Republicans today, uh, living in their la-la land with their base. You know, think of it. Most Americans didn't watch that yesterday, right? Um, they're at work. So they came home, and if they're given to getting their news from Fox, they re we inhabit. 
the reason we can't get together or talk to each other is we are not living in the same universe. We're, we're not on the same planet. I'm, uh, I am, uh, I don't know. I don't mean to be depressing. But uh, I found it extraordinarily depressing. And this new information that came out about the phone call that was overheard uh, where uh, Sondland called the president from a restaurant in Kiev on his cell phone and the guy sitting next to him could hear Trump's, you know, how you can hear Trump's, the person on the other end, he heard Trump's voice and he heard Trump, you know, specifically wanting to know how things were progressing. This is after the phone call, the perfect phone call. And Sondland told him it's going well. And when the call ended, the guy who overhears it says, what is the president, what's the president think about Ukraine? I, and, and Sondland's response was something to the effect of he doesn't, he cares about investigating Biden. He doesn't care about Ukraine. Hearsay the Republicans will say. And anyone who has ever bothered to watch a, a TV court drama or actually sit in a real courtroom will know that hearsay is, I mean, I, you know what? I am just, I'm, I gotta stop. I gotta stop talking about it because it, it is, it's upsetting me. <laughs> oh, I'm being upset. I am being a snowflake. I can't, I can't deal with the fact that I live in a country that has been so corrupted in every way, corrupted. And I live in a country where people on my side and people on the other side easily give in to cynicism, absolute cynicism, that no one is capable of being honorable anymore, that nobody in, in, a, in public office is honorable. I, you know how many people really do think that? And if I were to think that, I would find it difficult to get out of bed in the morning. I mean it. This is something. Um, speaking of this other planet the Republicans inhabit, on... Um, 
on one of the Fox uh, stations. Where where, where is uh, where Lou Dobbs is that Fox Business or something? One of one of the Fox networks. He apparently had on these two lawyers, a husband and wife team, that are they're despicable liars. Uh, his name is DeGeneva, and I forget her name. And they were on peddling, well, here, here's a direct quote. There is, this is what Fox viewers hear, there is no doubt that George Soros controls a large part of the foreign service of the State Department and the activities of FBI agents. I mean, listen to that. This is on a supposedly serious informative uh, Fox News product. This is last night. And these two people who are put forward as experts, as people to listen to, tell any American who's sitting in his or her home who happened to be tuned to this, listen to that sentence. There is no doubt that George Soros controls a large part of the Foreign Service part of the State Department and the activities of FBI agents. First of all, I will point out that that is ludicrous. Ludicrous. Secondly, I will point out that it is blatantly, blatantly anti-Semitic. It's classic anti-Semitism. George Soros, international Jew, financier, the Jew controlling our State Department. This is Nazi shit. Guys, George Soros controls our FBI agents. That Jewish puppet hand. This was said last night on Fox. I cannot tell you how fright, frightened I really am about the future and the future of our country. Because a country cannot stand if a good 40% of it is living and in a world that doesn't exist.
Oh well. Deval Patrick to the rescue. He's out of his mind. He's former governor of uh, Massachusetts. He's throwing his hat in the ring. He thinks uh, we don't have enough people running for the Democratic nomination. Deval Patrick. And how do you get in now? He has no... I mean, what? Has everybody lost their minds? He has... Think of how long some of the others have been in. They have whole apparatuses or apparati, I don't know, in states. They have offices in various cities already. They have tons of money that they have been busily uh, bringing in. And somebody wants to get in now? He can't get into any of the debates? What? What the? This is not an... A, a stupid man has everybody lost their cotton picking minds. I want to know. Deval Patrick, who up until I think a day or two ago was a major player at Bain Capital, if that rings a bell, that's Mitt Romney's place of employ as well Democrats are wanting a Bain Capital operative to jump in and save us I feel like yeah the world is coming undone I do Nobody even drinks milk anymore. Did you see that? Dean's going down. I mean, um, got to tell you. <laughs> uh, they've, uh, what, they declare bankruptcy, whatever. Nobody drinks milk. Do you drink milk? I have not had a glass of milk in, I don't know, Four decades, five decades, yet I, growing up in the 50s, I had a glass of milk with every meal. All American kids, we drank three glasses of whole milk every day. And you know what? Next to nobody does anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing how... Uh, you know, things that were a given. The milkman. I mean, people drank so much milk, you know, they gave, it was delivered to our doors. Nobody drinks milk anymore. And you know what? Another milk product, like yogurt, that's also hurt milk sales. You know why? Because people are eating yogurt for breakfast. Not cereal, which requires milk. Anyway, if you're a milk drinker, I I, I feel for you. <laughs> milk is milk is out of fashion. Chocolate milk, I could still get down, I think, but uh, 
Whatever. And see, I, you know, I hail from uh, dairy country, and and man, those farms are going down left and right, left and right. Let me, speaking of that, let me throw a little-known fact out at you, and this is especially funny because Americans recoil so much at the idea of um, of socialism, right? Why did I just lose my screen? Um, and fuck. Uh, hang on. <laughs> Old lady at the wheel. All right, there it is. Okay. Um, farm bankruptcies are just. I mean, it's frightening. I mean, in Wisconsin. If if Trump loses Wisconsin in 2020, it'll be in large part because of the tariffs and because of things that have hurt manufacturing there and his his base there. They're they're dying. They actually are dying. They're committing suicide. The suicide rate for farmers is higher, I believe, than any other category of people. Nearly, here's the fact I want to throw at you because it's, it's surprising in a country that thinks of itself as capitalistic. Nearly 40% okay, of America's farm income, what farmers do manage to take in, this year will come from the federal government. Not from their fields, not from their not from what they are producing. It will come from you and me, the taxpayer. Farmers will in 2019 collect $33 billion in aid. And part of this is, is because Trump wants to throw them something because he's harmed them so much with his tariff fight with China. I mean, these farmers have lost their, they lost their market. So trying to keep them afloat, it ain't working. And you add that to all the other subsidies that already exist to keep American farmers afloat. The reality is it gets no attention. The farm bailout will cost more than double the auto bailout 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago. This is not capitalism, is it? No. This is a really mucked up operation with, you know, narratives that are not based in reality. And huge, huge, huge corporations peddling misinformation, confusion. Rains. 
Ah, Barbara, she does buy a little milk when she treats herself, breaks down, and buys some Oreos. Dip them. Yeah. When do I buy milk? And when I do, it rots. In the, I mean, it, I maybe buy it for a recipe or something. I use a little, and then it just, you know, I, I notice it again as it begins to smell in the back of my uh, refrigerator. We have a call. Sorry. Caller, go ahead, please. I drink milk, and I'm 57. Well, you're an oddball. You still drink milk, like with a meal? Um, sometimes. It depends on what it is. Um, I like like it with sandwiches, certain soups. Um, I just got started when I was young because I was such a picky eater uh, when I was a kid. Yeah. But that's because my mom was a terrible cook. And she says, <laughs> I hate cooking now. And I say, yeah, tell me about it. But anyway, <laughs> no, I drink milk. I mean, I love milk. I mean, I have it when I, so, I mean, uh, my wife hardly touches it, and I still get a gallon of it. Wow. Well, I think you're an outlier. I mean, it's the reason that, uh, you know, it's just, it's going down. Mil- the milk industry is just going down. But there's actually some sort of chemical, or um, maybe there's some smarter people out there, obviously smarter people than me out there, but I think there's something in milk that contributes to weight loss and, and fat burn, too. Um, even if you're, you know, maybe not vitamins, whole milk, but you can get 2% and there's something in there that helps maintain, or there's something that fights weight. Now, I, I also exercise. <laughs> to exercise. But, I uh, don't, I so never anyway, heard that. really why I call it. Oh, it's yeah, not? Um, oh, okay. Okay. But, well, two things. Well, first of all, was, was this guy Welch, uh, yeah. pointed out, you know, you know, looking at the screaming, apoplectic Republicans and saying, yeah, well, where's the whistleblower? Why isn't that whistleblower on the stand? And he said, well, we got room for one more, too. And that leads to my question. Didn't both Nixon and Clinton testify? And not only did they not testify, they had their, you know, their, their staff com- you know, complied with Yes, 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 yes. So here, that's right. So, I mean, you pointed out something that's really important. The Republicans keep saying, you know, none of these guys even talk to the president. I mean, we're getting secondhand, thirdhand uh, information here, hearsay, blah, blah, blah. The guys who really know what was said, what, you know, who did talk to the president on a regular basis, they, none of them, will testify. They are ignoring the subpoenas. And I don't understand. If you got a subpoena, can you ignore it? Don't they come and arrest you? I, what I don't understand is, what? you know, we, we, you know, we know this. We, we know they're just <clears throat> blowing it off. I mean, they're ignoring the whole process, which is that in itself is killing our, could, could destroy our democracy. Right. Because that's one of the processes. But, what I really don't understand, because I haven't seen it, I don't understand why we're, uh, Democrats aren't standing on their heads, screaming from every corner, and say, "What's wrong? If they, it, you know, clear yourself. If you got nothing to hide, you get up there." Because 
right. same damn Republicans right. are the type of guys who say, you know, who want to prosecute every Tom, Dick, and Harry for every fraction of law, as long as a, a poor black guy. Right. Um, and as soon as they get a lawyer, oh, he lawyered up, he lawyered up. Well, God damn it, this is ten times worse. And if they really have truth to say to clear the name, well, this is their opportunity. And if they're not taking advantage of their opportunity, then then they must be guilty is what I'm going to think. And, and this is what the Democrats got, you know, from a PR standpoint, I don't see them doing very well. Yeah, they're being very sort of legalistic and lawyerly, and, and, and you do need that, that constant drumbeat of, hey, if you got nothing to hide, how about showing up? Yeah, I mean, can you imagine what Jim Jeffords would be going through if this was going on with Bill Clinton? <clears throat> yeah. His head yeah. would be exploding. And, and, and rightfully so. And look what Fox News would be doing with this shit. Uh, you know, they would be like, what's, what's wrong with these chicken shits? What's, what's wrong? And it's like, and the Democrats just got to, like, get more, get terribly aggressive. I mean, you can still keep your composure. You can still, but you've got, you've got to play the PR game, too. You know, I mean. It, well, it, we it, live again. What, again, this is the entertainment culture. And the, you're right. You gotta play the PR because reality doesn't have a lot of standing anymore. So it's impressions that have the standing. I mean, you have to make an impression. You have to make it simple so it sits on a bumper sticker. Uh, Americans grow aren't weird. The, aren't the liberal, aren't, aren't liberals supposed to be the more artistic, creative types? Where the hell are they? No, yeah. but liberals are more. You know. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know, but I mean, I I hear you. I feel your pain. I um I I don't know, and I'm scared. That's all I have to say. Go drink a glass of milk. It'll make It'll you make skinny. You feel yeah. Okay. <laughs> bye. Yeah, put some of my vodka and Kahlua. <laughs> okay. Bye. Appreciate the call. Bye. Thank, thank you. Bye. Um. Jeez. Wow. You know, we were talking about billionaires the other day. Like, how much money does one man need? Berkshire Hathaway. That's uh, Warren Buffett. Ber Berkshire Hathaway had a net income of $52 billion this year. Income! <laughs> Incoming $52 billion. Last year, that makes it the most profitable public company in the world. Now, that's interesting. You would think they would finger Warren Buffett as the one who controls the State Department. I mean, he's got 500 times more money than George Soros, but he has a problem. He ain't a Jew. So he took in $52 billion last year, his business. And it is sitting on a cash pile of $128 plus billion. And here's the thing you got to know. Berkshire Hathaway, just 10 years ago, was, had $23 billion total. $23 billion in 10 years. 
it has, what, you know, I'm not good at math, five, six, uh, over six times has doubled and redoubled and doubled again in 10 years because this is an economy that is made for, not you. The rules, the tax laws, everything made for, not you. Made for billionaires. So that their huge part of the pie just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It cannot stand. A country with this level of insane unbalance and inequality um, will not stand. Paul has written in to say, I still love milk. Good for you. 56 years old. Drink three to four glasses of milk a day. Skim. Not that pasty whole milk. But skim is like just white water. I don't know. I, skim doesn't have any... I don't know. Whatever. I mean, it's better... I don't drink any. <coughs> um, <coughs> I know I'm jumping all over the place. But... Uh, that's the way my head is these days. <laughs> Just all over the place. Here's a little... Um, a little, uh, you know, adage that I found uh, wonderful. And see if it doesn't apply to you. At first, we want life to be romantic. Later, we want life to be bearable. And finally... We want life to be understandable. I think that's a, that, I mean, if you're old enough to have done this arc of, of what you do in your, in, you know, in your lifetime, it is true. The young have, are idealistic, have a romantic view of life, and they should. And then you live it. <laughs> you enter the real world. And then you're just trying to keep your head above water. You you want it just to, you want to bear it, manage it somehow, survive. And then when you've gone through that and you're in your the last part of your life, you have time maybe to sit and think. And try to comprehend what the heck is this all about? What did it mean? So yesterday I told you a story about that cat. I love that cat. Qu Quilty, right? Qu Quilty, I think. Who, um, yeah, masters, escape artist. Um, by the way, I have, you know, I'm going to my niece's wedding uh, uh, tomorrow, and um, she has a cat who 
can flush the toilet and loves to flush the toilet. I hate to know what my niece's water bill is going to be because this cat is always, has watched as, you know, and finds it fascinating. And the first time I found out about this, I was I was with her and we were alone in the house and I heard the toilet flush. And I said, who's here? Who else? Who's here? <laughs> no one. Just a cat. Um... Catherine writes, if my memory serves me right, wasn't a woman named Susan, it's McDougal, right? Susan McDougal imprisoned because she would not testify against Bill Clinton? It was something like that. But yes, she was. If you don't respond to a subpoena, you go to jail. Not anymore. Not if you're a Republican. Not today. I really don't understand it. If you don't respond, you get a subpoena and you don't show up, I think they come and get you. So who are these people? And how difficult is it? I, 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 it it's just mind-boggling. By the way, I want to point out that the um, the phone call that we heard about, I think I w- was intending to go there and then forgot to, um, the phone call from uh, Sondland to Trump at the Kiev restaurant with the guy overhearing it, blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you what a lot of people who are in, um, like, intelligence and... Uh, the Foreign Service and are, you know, know what's going on. Let me tell you, when they heard that, what he made of, their reaction was not even to the content as much as, what? An ambassador from a restaurant in Kiev where the Russians have everything bugged? He's in a restaurant calling the President of the United States on an unsecured phone, and he's calling his cell phone. Trump gives out his cell phone to people. The lack of security is mind-boggling. Um, former chief of staff to the CIA director said this, The security ramifications are insane. Using an an open cell phone to communicate with the president in a country that is so wired with Russian intelligence agents? I mean, you can almost take it to the bank. The Russians were definitely listening, listening in on that call. It was also noteworthy to anyone knows how government functions when it does that ambassadors typically do not, believe it or not, pick up the phone and call presidents. And if they do, they don't do it on a personal cell phone in a public place 
in a Kiev restaurant where the whole world is likely listening in. Calling a president from a cell phone violates protocols that are set up to protect official communications. Now what this shows is, and I saw somebody pointed out the other day, that what we have for, uh, with the Trump administration now is an administration that openly avoids professionals. They don't want people around who follow these rules, who know what the rules are, in fact. Gets in their way. It's bothersome. So if you look at the clown cavalcade surrounding this president now, you won't find professionals. Did you see, the, did you see that the so-called press secretary now, who's never had a press briefing, this woman? There's two mugshots of her available for viewing. She has two DUIs. That's the press secretary now to the president. He's gone through a few, we know. And she is a, wow, a nasty piece of work. Anyway, just wanted to tell you that, that this corrupt in unprofessional clown car of a White House. We have a call. Let me just go to the caller before I blow myself up. Hello? Hello? Caller? Hey, Lynn. It's Mike in D.C. Oh, hi, Mike. Hello. How's it going? Um, first off, on the milk, I am 55 and I drink milk, but not out of the glass. It's in, either in my oatmeal or on the rare occasions I have um, cereal or okay. when I make a protein shake. Okay. Well, I yeah, get... I go through about a gallon every week or two. Okay, but so but you don't pour yourself a glass of milk. No. Yeah. No. Well, sometimes if I take a pill at night, and this is how old I am, right? If I take a pill at night and it kind of bothers my stomach, I'll have a, a little glass of milk, like a cup. Warm milk, no, Mike. Mike, warm no, milk. Okay, okay. All right. Yeah. Just just to upset that pill, because some pills you know, can upset my stomach. Yes. But that's not why I called. I'm really surprised you're not excited about the impeachment yesterday, because I pretty much watched it from beginning to end, and there yeah. were some really interesting comments that um, Taylor and Kent made. Like one when someone said about the impeachment and corruption, and I can't remember who it was, Kent or William, Kent or Taylor said, um, yeah, there's corruption in all areas of government. And there was like a dead pause at the, and in all governments, there was like a dead pause over the crowd. And the guy asking the question sort of just like smiled. Um, and then when the Republican when the Republican attorney said, really that extraordinary, right, that a president is so involved and blah, blah, blah. And Kent said, I had no way to answer that because it is that extraordinary. And that gets back to that point that you said, that they're so used to hearing these talking points over and over and over and over 
they can't imagine anyone else not hearing that talking point. That's right. They, I mean, they were facing these two men who didn't even know what the hell they were talking about half the time. Didn't the president have reason favorite. to be paranoid? Didn't the president have reason to fear that the Ukrainians were out to get him? And, I mean, I, 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 Taylor's looking at him like, what? What? Okay, sorry. Yeah, and my favorite was when the Republican um, congressperson said, "It's um, I can't believe the guy who started all of this can't even be here. Right. The guy who started all of this should be here. And then a Democratic yeah. congressman said, you're exactly right. And any time President Trump <laughs> wants to sit there right. and answer our question, yeah. we will answer his question. That we was, will ask him questions. That was the only time I laughed. You're right. That, that was good. But you understand my concern because you can see that this is – you, there, these, it doesn't matter. I think it does. It doesn't matter how this ends. No, it doesn't matter if he's in or out. What matters is that we say this is wrong. If we don't stand up to this guy, well, I agree. Democrats no, always get the. I agree. I, I'm not saying that they shouldn't be doing it, but I we know the outcome will be dispiriting. These Republicans will go down with this guy i mean they will just stick with him no matter of course but it shows how corrupted everything is and then hello mike isn't that surprising to you can you hear me yeah you you dropped out for a second um uh sorry yeah well that's surprising to you that it's that corrupt no, I guess, but we can't we can't survive like this. I don't know. I think we can. And I think any we don't need to convert any of the people watching Fox News to our side. Though I have converted to just between you and me. Um we don't have to convert any of those people. All we have to do is get the people on the fence or get the people to say, "Wait a second, he did what with who?" Because I read news stories because I have a job that is not that crazy and I can read. But most people do not. Most people have no clue if any of this is happening. So we just need some of those people in Wisconsin and Pennsylvania and Florida to say, wait a second. It's this guy or that guy, and that was the guy who's in the pocket of Putin? Uh, I don't know. I guess I've lost faith. So it is. I've lost faith in my fellow American. I I hope. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I think you have faith in the wrong thing. The faith was never that America was this homogeneous place where black people were welcomed and we gave day laborers a shot at the the, um, American dream. That was never the hope. That was never true, ever, ever, ever. What was true was that in the end, it works out. I, you know, I, I don't, we all have a certain temperament, and you have a more hopeful temperament than I do, and I, and you'll live longer, so I'm happy for you. No, I, I mean, maybe that's the only choice. You were talking about the, <laughs> the phases of life, uh-huh. you know, and maybe that's my only option, because to look at it the other way, yeah. you know, I got another, God willing, 25, 30 years of this. Um, and I can easily see it going the way of Germany. 
But I can also see it as as soon as Trump it becomes toxic, Republicans will start running. And when will that be? Will that be before the election? Probably not. Will that be after the election and he loses? Probably. Will that be after the election and he wins? Then never. No, if he wins, we're done. If he wins, right. pack and our bags, wins, stick a fork in us. And we didn't impeach him for this, right? If he wins and we didn't impeach him for this, then he can do literally. Well, and I'm, not, I'm no. not using that with hyperbole. Right. He can do literally anything, anything. he wants. Right. Well, if he's elected for a second term, there's no holds barred then. I mean, no, we're done. We are done. Right. Um, all right, Mike, Particularly thanks. Particularly if we didn't already impeach him. All right. Okay. And one more thing about one more thing about the deep state and the government workers. I work I used to work at one of the oddly shaped buildings and I guarantee you in 80% of those people in that building are Republicans. And one of the testimony testimonials yesterday, the guy said I've served under three Republican and two Democrats yeah. and two Democrats. It's the correct verbiage for that is democratic. I heard that so too. Well, that's uses, interesting. That I heard that too. I and I thought, geez, Republicans. Right. That's how Republicans talk about Democrats. Republican. Right. 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 I heard right. it too. <laughs> so even that guy is a Republican. Yeah, the good guy. Yeah, he's a good Republican. Yeah. So okay. Republicans can do the right thing sometimes. Yeah. Well, notice he's not an elected official. He's a civil servant. You know how much he has to lose. God. Well, he's 72. He doesn't need it. He was pulled out of retirement for this. On the dime? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to hear, I wanted somebody to say, are you here on your own dime? Meaning, did you have to take leave to be here? Are you being paid by the State Department right now to be here? Huh. I bet they're taking. They have to take leave to do this. Well, probably because the department said you can't do it. Right. Well, yeah. Who's heading in the department, Pompeo? All right, you. I right. got. A, so thank their you. Careers are ruined. Okay. <laughs> right. Bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> ah, so what? I just want to um, point this out. I read this. This is from uh, Jeffrey Goldberg, I think. He's the editor in chief of the Atlantic, and I just thought it was so well said. He says this, the 45th president of the United States is uniquely unfit for office and poses a multifaceted threat to our country's democratic institutions. Yet he might not represent the most severe challenge facing our country. The structural failures in our democratic system that allowed a grifter into the White House in the first place. This might be our gravest challenge. Or perhaps it is the tribalization of our politics brought about by pathological levels of inequality, technological and demographic upheaval, and the tenacious persistence of racism. Or maybe it is that we as a people no longer seem to know who we are or what our common purpose is.
I think, <clears throat> what he said. Mab writes, if I understand correctly, the House does not have any enforcement uh, ability. Well, I think they do. They just don't use it. They technically can jail people. They just don't have a jail. The Justice Department would have to enforce the subpoenas, and they will not. Okay. Uh, I think that... Well, I don't know. Jeez. Um... Barbara says, last night Bob Woodward, after asking the audience about paying attention to news and the impeachment hearings, he said most people average only six minutes a day taking in news. Um, the resp What? Let Woodward said that Pittsburgh... What? Oh, was Woodward here for a... Um, he gave a speech here last night. I didn't realize that. Okay. So last night, Woodward asked the audience about, yeah, he said the response of raising of hands led Woodward to say that Pittsburgh apparently has a lot of political junkies and said he would be telling Carl Bernstein when he called him later that there are a lot of political junkies in Pittsburgh. Okay, well, fine. Whatever. And I haven't even said anything about Erdogan being at the White House yesterday. I said something yesterday about it. And apparently he showed an anti-Kurdish propaganda film in the Oval Office. I wanted to tell you some good... I started saying something and then I got interrupted. I got interrupted probably by myself. Um, yesterday I talked about the cat who, you know, escape artist cat. And there, I keep bumping into all of these animal stuff that at least it's not impeachment or the state of our nation. Did you see the three cows who had vanished during Hurricane Dorian? Did you see they found three cows who apparently all they can say is these three cows were swept out to sea in the Outer Banks and they had to have swum? Is it swum? <laughs> they had to have swam? They had to have swimmed? They had to have swum. This does not sound right. They had to have actually they had to swim as much as four miles in that roiling ocean <coughs> to get to this island. They found, they, they found them on this island, on a sandy island way off the, the barrier island that has nobody living on it. They found these three cows. Those are some serious survivors. Um, and they found the owner. The owner has been, they, they aren't sure how they're going to get the cows off. They can't ask them to swim back. Who knew cows? Cows are good swimmers. I mean, it just seems if you look at their bodies and their little, they, it's not like they have like pet. I mean, they just got those hooves, hooves. I anyway, I love that. Three survivors. Don't tell them that no one's drinking milk. 
Um, and then this guy in, uh, in northern Michigan uh, was walking his dog, and he takes, he takes uh, his camera with him when he goes into the woods, and he likes to take pictures of wildlife. He used to shoot him with a rifle, and he found himself not getting into that anymore, so now he shoots him with a camera. And he came upon this big buck who was guarding a doe on the ground. And the buck clearly didn't want him getting too close, but he had a telephoto? Is that the right thing? And why am I so having... Anyway, he took a picture or two of this buck because he looked so big and buckish. And then he got home and he was looking at the pictures. And he looked again. And the buck had three antlers. He had an antler here, he had an antler here, and he had an antler sort of over here. I mean, a three-antlered buck. And by the way, they found out that that is like a one in a million find. It is unbelievably rare. And the picture of this buck, I mean, he's gorgeous. And thank God the guy, I mean, uh, whatever. So that buck's still out there. He wouldn't say exactly where he saw him because he's afraid some idiot, of course, will want to go shoot this amazing animal so it can take its head off and mount it on a wall. Okay, that's my other animal story. And there's one more. Did you see the puppy found at the side of the road? Its tail has no bones in it. I mean, I, I, normally a tail has bones, so it just hangs. The tail hangs, it can't wag. But the puppy has a tail growing out of its forehead. And that one doesn't wag either. But he has a tail in his forehead! And the people who found him call him Narwhal for, I guess, those whales who have a like a unicorn anyways the cutest little thing but his tail his tail sort of hanging here uh, draped around one of his eyes <sighs> so anyway just have to tell you that my son for some reason has ha has gotten into the habit of asking me on Thursdays did you promote City Paper Live? And I've always said, oh, I forgot. So I noticed today, I have a little sticky note here that helps me with my, yeah, whatever. I have a sticky note here that he got, obviously got a hold of my computer and he wrote City Paper Live. And then I noted, he texted me 18 minutes ago and it says City Paper Live. Somebody paying him back there? No, he's absolutely right. I should remind you that I'm not here on Fridays, but the good folks at City Paper 
do their thing. And I'll try to get, we got to get better coordinated so that I can tell you who's going to be here tomorrow and what the topic uh, du jour might in fact be. Uh, meanwhile, I'm off to a family vetting, and um, I'll be back on Monday, and I'll look uh, forward to that. Okay? God help us what happens in the interim. Have a good one. through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoint of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.